standing on the arrowhead at arrowhead. Brinkley to snap, turn to hold, snap, set, kick on the way. Good! One safety in this half. Drive starts at the one and looking for a little breathing room and they get that in. Plenty more. Derek Henry still going. Stays in bounds. He might go. 99 yards for the touchdown. Unbelievable. Ho, 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 and welcome to the Transatlantic Titans podcast. This is part two of a Christmas extravaganza. Um, I apologize. If you thought, oh, I've had enough of the Titans Twitter and Titans podcasting for the past few weeks and I need to get away from all the negativity. Well, we're here to bring you some positivity and who better to bring you positivity than Greg Cat, who was joining me. How are we doing, Greg? I'm good, mate. I'm not too bad. It's uh, Christmas is nearly here. Winter is definitely here. It's absolutely freezing in this country at the moment, and it, but I think it's getting even colder in Nashville, so... I think winter is coming and hopefully that's a good thing and not a bad thing because this Saturday is filling me with dread already. Yeah, it's it's not one that we're we're looking forward to, but we're gonna try and find positives. Obviously, I'm Miles, I am not Adam, so you may notice that this podcast will lack some uh, consistency, order, or general quality. Um, but feel free to feedback all your negative comments because it really gets me through the week. Um <laughs> I think the best way to start, and we'll, we'll, we'll dwell a little bit on the game that's just happened. I know Adam and Harry attacked it in uh, the best way they could. Um, things that didn't attack was the Titans' offence. Um, I think generally it was just a, a all-round disappointing result. One that's very predictable based on injuries and how the weeks have gone. But for yourself, Greg, what, did you, what was your outcome from the game? Obviously, we'll dwell into more individual individuals that have done a red in but how, what was your sort of overall analysis i think i said last week i was i had no confidence in us going and getting a result but at the same time when you're all I mean, the game was was in the balance for for the large majority of it seven seven for so long and obviously they then scored and but then we pulled it back level um it was yeah it, it was it was frustrating in the end you kind of felt like it was one that kind of got away in a weird sense even though we weren't the better team um we, yeah, I think we were, we were, I wouldn't say outplayed by the Chargers, but they were certainly the better team. Um, but it still felt like it kind of got away. You know, if we'd gone for two at the end and got a point up, then all, all you've got to do is, is hold and not get into field goal range. And, and we've won that game, which it sounds incredibly simple to say that. But this offense is just utterly infuriating to watch. And the offensive line in particular, Dennis Daly is, I mean, he's stealing a living. On, on that line and he has now caused Tannehill to to go what looks like he's going to be down and not and not playing uh this coming week and potentially won't play until week 18 at the very least it's it's yeah it, the o-line is is an absolute mess and it's not just daily in fairness but daily is is culpable for a hell of a lot of bad things that's going on with that line yeah, I think Daly's been our um, general chat uh, in our WhatsApp group, calling him several unspeakable words, um, all of which we normally describe uh, a brown as at the moment. Um, 
the offensive line is exactly how it sounds. It's offensive. It's it's not doing what it needs to do. We always knew at the start of the year it was going to be an issue in terms of just personnel. In general, there's been a deep worry this week that I think we've brought in three offensive linemen. Basically, everyone else is actually on some sort of injury report. There are rumours around Ben Jones, which would just be the worst of news following on from everything else. And it's it doesn't look like it's going to show any signs of improvement for the rest of the season. And I'm, as much as we were sort of relying on the Jags to slip up one game and we know we've got the playoffs bound, realistically, the way that Tannehill's been getting his injury and we'll, we'll dwell into who's going to be playing next week, it doesn't look like something that's going to allow us to actually basically play football this year. What, what can we do to... Um, I always used to say we needed to get back to basic running the ball but I think we even saw with with Henry struggling the past few weeks that doesn't seem to be an option either what how do we make this team function from an offensive standpoint based on the personnel we have fire Todd Downing first and foremost I mean the guy's useless um I know I think look the only bright spark in this offense at the moment is Chick Uh, he's and I think Harry mentioned this on 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 part one Uh, he is, is capable of making plays and uh, you know you're not going to throw the ball to him 20 times a game but you know we need to get him as involved as we possibly can outside of that the receiver core is just not good enough it's just not it's not capable of making the plays and, and sustain plays that you need to and, and even like Westbrook Akina can make the odd play here and there but it's he's, he's so hit and miss that he's not capable of being a second best wide receiver in, in that in that group at the moment, which he was on Sunday with Burks being out. So I think like, if, we're, if we're looking at, and we'll talk about next year and, and the future, I think in, in a bit, but you could blow that offense up, keep Burks, keep Chig. I mean, you're probably going to have to keep Henry for, for another year realistically, but the rest, I, I honestly wouldn't be losing sleep if we, if we lost them because it's, it's just awful at the moment. Um, it's hard to, Every single drive, you're just waiting for something bad to happen or waiting for... I think, I'm pretty sure they said on commentary on, on Sunday that we'd had, I think, was it 47 three and outs this year? And it's like the highest in the league. And this is the team that's still at the moment leading the AFC South, which is just, to me, it just seems hilarious. Yeah, I, I think my big concern in, in the offseason was that we picked up Bobby Trees and we thought, right, OK, we've got a receiver here who, pre his ACL injury, was a safe pair of hands who we thought could be a possession-wide receiver that would make plays. Fundamentally, you can't throw a football if you've got a defensive lineman in your face. Um, we we know that the, the big issue is around that offensive line. I think I agree with Chiggy. I mean, the best thing we'll have about me hosting is we can mention fantasy football or uh, for the entire time. Don't, and don't, don't, go too, don't go too far, Miles. I, Adam, I don't care. Adam can't stop me. I know we don't care, but Adam can't stop me. He's not in control. Adam can stop you. His, as much as we say we can't throw the ball to him 20 times, can someone tell me why not? Because at the moment, if we're aiming for other players, that it's just not working. We need, we need that moment of magic to try and spark this offense because... Henry's not really, listen, Henry's doing the best he can with what he's got, but he's running against stacked boxes where there's no gaps appearing. So he's having to force the gaps himself against defensive linemen and linebackers when we know fundamentally, if you make a gap for him and he's against a defensive back, he's going to make a play and he's going to get something from it. Um, Another concern I 
wanted to bring up was my guy Randy, who I've been feeling super Randy a lot of the time, but I feel like his field goal miss was a uh, listen. He's he's not automatic. He's not what we had with him in suck up. We knew that, um, but I think he's had a few key misses now, and it, it's another con- concern for me that we were not good enough to make the plays all the way downfield for these touchdowns that we really need to. Because we were a field goal away that game from it actually being on our side. Like the game was there for the taking. Yeah, um, I think I said on Sunday that I felt that miss. I mean, I think it I think it was from 51, which is no gimme for any kicker in this league. No. But I agree with you. I think there's been some key misses. But the, the reason he missed that is because of the sack that was taken just prior to it, where we lost probably seven, eight, nine yards potentially. So it would have been a lot closer if we hadn't taken that sack. And we took the sack because... Dennis Daly forgot that there's pass rushers in this league and just let the, the guy go part. I, mean, I don't I don't even think he got got a hand on him. It was it was just shocking. But I think I do think there's been a few key misses that Randy's had and it's concerning me. They already I know Shudak who came in for that one week because he was injured. I generally think that was almost like a trial to okay, is this guy actually better than Randy? And he ended up I think missing missing was it a field goal or extra point? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and they went back to Randy, but I'm not, yeah, um, Adam mentioned this in part one around Baroness and, and suck up and how blessed we were at that position. But I feel like there's, there's not many positions now where I feel we feel particularly blessed in like punt returns, every single punt, you should be celebrating the defense, getting them off the field and you're just waiting for another punt to be muffed. Um, we've, we've, we've recycled players in that, in that return position this year, so much due to injuries. Um, it was Kinsey this, this week, who knows it's going to, who's going to be next week. I mean, CJ Ball's just gone on IR, I think. So it's probably going to be Kinsey again, but who knows? It's just, yeah, it kind of feels like there's a really uneasy feeling about this offense and a really uneasy feeling about even the special teams and in certainly in those returns, I don't feel like, I don't watch special teams religiously, but I do. I don't feel like even on on the other side, I don't feel like the gun is getting anywhere near. And I don't know if that's hang time on the punts from from Stonehouse, which I'm, I'm not going to pull too much Stonehouse slider in here to not upset Brian too much. But it feels like our gunners are getting nowhere near to like stopping these returns, and they're getting like 10, 15, 20 yard returns sometimes, which is net. It means that his net is dropping. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's not, it's not a strong position to be in. I think the only major positive to move to the other side of the ball was this, this last week was the first time in, in a few weeks that I felt like the defense made big plays and, and you know, they took the charges off the field on, on a number of occasions, which was incredible to see, but we've got to talk about that interception. We've got to talk about the, the play from McCreary and the Kalu interception, just the, unbelievable foresight to be in the air and think I'm not going to get down with this ball but my man is right next to me and I'm going to just pat it over to him was just an incredible heads up play and one that I'm not sure if it should have stood I think Adam mentioned this as well in part one around around the rules and whether it should have stood or not but I'm so glad that it did because it's uh, it's one of those that have been a highlight reel for years. It is one of them plays that I think whenever I see training highlights with the DBs and you see them do like patting down plays and really quick hands and you always wonder why do they even bother practicing that because half the time all they need to do is turn around and catch a ball and it's for these occasions I guess like as a rugby league fan I see it all the time where if the ball's going to play you'll see them try and dangle the leg out almost like the toe drag swag that we get in the NFL but to try and throw it back in and 
you see it sometimes with amazing punt plays where the ball's gone into the mm. end zone, and you, yeah, think, yeah. you just you just never see it though. I, I think there was a famous one with I think it was Richard Sherman on Crabtree, from what I remember, where the ball's gone and can't remember him like knocking it up in the air, and you see that, but you never see it with that play. It's it, it, it was an incredible play, which will be one that we continue to see. But the problem is, it's it's coming in a defeat fundamentally. Yeah. Like as incredible as a play is, and as much as we're trying to be uplifting about the whole thing, it will take the shine off. Like everyone's like, oh, it's an incredible play. But we still go on to lose that game. And I think defensively, we are still getting fairly good pressure. I'll continue to bang the drum about the fact that linebacker is just not good enough um, on no, defence. I, I think we are noticing it as every game goes by. Like at the start, we were amazing against the run. Now I think teams are starting to find gaps. And granted, Eckler's a brilliant running back and he was always going to get some plays against us. I know he got a bit banged up, but... I think from a linebacker personnel, even when we're getting this pressure, teams are teams are realizing now they can take one step back and just throw the ball short, and they're going to make easy plays against us. And I'm sure towards the end of the year we'll go into the breakdown of where we want to be drafting. And I mean, I I don't blame anyone that says we need five offensive or maybe four offensive linemen. Oh, eh, petty fair, maybe three. We'll see how generous we feel. I mean, we keep on getting injuries. Who knows? But linebacker is going to be someone that needs filling in some form as well because they're they're just not doing the job us. I think we're all in agreement Simmons needs paying and he needs paying now because at some point we're going to end up pulling a, an A.J. Brown aren't we and you can see it happening as, as devastating as you can completely see it happening I mean the fun game I did also want to play with you um, we will do next I did just want to shout out Brian um, who we think is avoiding the podcast due to uh, the whole Brett Kern and Get Out situation um, I'd love people who are listening to just give us a tweet and let us know right in this position if you had the option would you want and i'll call him stonehouse even though he's famously known as house to a lot of us in our uh, group um or would you rather have kern in this situation because we all know what kern's done now he's gone to probably go win a super bowl with that but uh, personally i think that's half the reason that this team is losing we can blame the offensive line but i think it's just the <laughs> fact that kern's not in the building and um, but no the fun game i had for you who's gonna be the five offensive linemen that play on sunday can you name them that's a good question. I think I'd imagine Patrice Frey will be will be fine. I imagine he'll be available to play and he'll he'll be at right tackle. Nate Davis, I'm not sure if he's practiced today, but I'm on the fence whether he will be available. So I think there's a right guard spot that's up for grabs. Ben Jones, I've heard a few rumours around his concussion. Obviously, uh, is is not looking great, and we all know with concussions generally you end up missing at least one game and he did, I think he missed two earlier this year due to one. So won't be shocked if he's there, but I, I think it will be, I think Davis will play. I think T. Ferrer will play. I think if Jones misses out, Brewer will move to centre. It will then, I assume, assume maybe Levin at guard. I mean, Raidens is now on IR, so he can't play. And then the turnstile on, on left tackle, I think is probably the, is probably to complete the set. I mean, I don't think there'll be a huge number of changes. I think there'll be players who are just playing banged up, but that's not good as far as I'm concerned because we we, we need an, an O-line that's just able to create some gaps. We all know what Henry can do against this Houston team. He showed it earlier this year with the set, pretty much the same O-line realistically. So I think it's absolutely integral that you know, we start giving Henry the opportunity because if Malik's going to play, we'll get to this in a bit more detail in a minute, but if Malik's going to play, like, we can't expect to put the game on his arm because he's not ready for that. 
No, I think Dennis Delos reminds me of the gif you see of the um, security at a football match where they're patting them down and it's literally just taps us on to let them through. I mean, if Jeff Schwain's such a good blocker, why don't we just play Jeff Schwain at left tackle? Because he can't be much worse than what's going on. I think if we just get a tackling dummy and just stand it there, I feel like we'll at least get a bit more of a gap than what Daly can actually produce. I mean... The guys, are, like you said, stealing a living is is one thing, but when you're when you're forcing other players who, let's say, aren't stealing, them, like Tannehill to get injured based on how crap you are as a player, just isn't fair at the end of the day. Like, you you just need to accept that you're affecting people's lives by how bad you're at the game, and you need to and take up another profession. The white the the wider offensive line has not been covered himself in glory this year either, right? So I'm not going to put um, um Daly's a, a massive factor, and I think he's got to be the number one. That, that moves out of that line and to bring someone else in. And, and we did with Raidens on Sunday on it for a few plays before he got injured. The Raidens IR is a bit of a strange one. I mean, it feels almost like, I think they, they haven't really given him a huge opportunity. It's clear to me that they obviously don't think he's capable. They obviously gave him an opportunity on Sunday. It wasn't like he did badly. It feels like almost like a, not strategic IR. It's more like a, we don't really want you in the building. <laughs> Let's put you on IR. If, I mean, you've got an injury now that probably means you're going to miss Sunday anyway. We'll just stick you on IR and, and we'll move on. And it wouldn't be shocked if, if come come camp, he's, he ends up getting cut. Um, probably that entire entire 2020 draft, 2021 draft, <laughs> end up being cut because I can't see Farley making it much further either. No, but I've... it's it's a it's a really strange one in terms of like Daly's for me the number one problem, but. It's not like everyone else is, is doing their job effectively. Petit Frey's on the whole been okay, I think, for a rookie. I think I don't think he's been as good as he was in the early part of the season. But outside of that, even Nate Davis, I don't think we've seen the same production from him, which is probably down to the fact the whole line as or the line as a whole is struggling. Um and he's one that I think's up this year to get paid, which be interesting to see which way we go with that. Yeah, the, the fundamentally the offensive line needs to work as a five. And if if one half of it are failing, the other three or two players have to make up for it. And when you're when you're such a run heavy team with with pulling of guards and tackles and stuff, and fundamentally if you can't do that, they're all they're all going to come into effect. I think um, we can move on to the the guys that the line are meant to be protecting. Uh, they haven't been, but they're meant to be. Obviously, Tannehill's got his uh got his injury. There's strong rumours that Malik Willis is going to be. The guy playing against the Texans, obviously, he played last time and we done what we needed to do in the end. Obviously, Joshua Dobbs of uh, Tennessee University or college uh, fame has uh, come in previously of Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Obviously, show my research. Wikipedia says he's still at Cleveland, which is, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, great news for everyone involved. Um, that's probably a sign that he's going to be missing this week. Um, yeah. My, my fantasy football radar is still saying that he's playing. Um, not that I live by fantasy football. Second time I plugged it. Um, but yeah, we're expecting to see Willis. Um, what does he need to do against the Texans? I think we, we know it needs to be a dose of Derrick Henry. But what what do we need to see from Willis? Because it could be a couple of weeks now without Tannehill. And I, I would argue that we need to basically just get Tannehill ready for hopeful playoff football. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll see Tannehill until probably week 18 with the way that the the way that the division is sitting at the moment i think the the season comes down to that game and that's very much dependent on what the jags do in the next couple of weeks as well but this feels like it feels like must win even though it's probably probably not 
But it feels like must win in terms of just to stop the rot because at the moment that's the biggest issue that we've got. And for Malik, for Malik Willis, it's and we said this last time we played Houston. We kind of just wanted to unleash him, just let him go and see what he can do. And I don't think in the end, in that game, we did. I think he had a couple of throws in the first half and then the rest of the game was just Henry running the ball constantly. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember how many how many throws he actually made in that second half, but it wasn't it was something stupidly low. I want I just want to see what he's got. He's got he came in for a couple of plays on Sunday and he had a couple of of runs and and I, I don't mind them bringing that into his game because I think he's obviously capable. He's obviously quick. He's got that similar kind. And I'm not going to say he's like Lamar, but he's he's similar in terms of you know he could become that type of quarterback. Probably not to the same level, but I think we just want to see what he's about and want to, I want to see more of what he can do. And if he, if he throws the odd pick here and there, then I actually don't I don't mind that so much because. We've got we've got to give him an opportunity. The biggest problem is is that he's not going to have the time behind that O line to really be able to look across the field and try and find a receiver. The receivers aren't no. getting the separation anyway, so it's a it's a struggle to think anything other than just get the ball to Henry and hope that you know Houston's run defense is as bad as it was earlier this year. But I don't think it will be. I think they're fighting. They're fighting for they, their they, own jobs. They played well against the Chiefs last game. I did. I, I, I thought I'll watch it as a bit of a scout report because I was sick of watching the Titans. Um, <laughs> so I watched them. And they held their own against a, a very good Chiefs team. Um, granted, the Chiefs are, I don't know, they have their hit and miss moments. But I think with Willis, like when he was drafted, we knew he had the athletic ability to run. And you've seen what Chicago are doing with Justin Fields. You've seen what the Eagles have managed to do with Hurts. And we obviously know about Lamar Jackson. And when he was drafted, you knew he had a big arm. The accuracy on the arm is completely questionable. But he has the ability to chuck the ball downfield. And even when he was given the opportunity against the Texans to make some throws, it was never a deep ball. And granted, you need the like we've said, you need the time to actually be able to do the deep ball to get the separation. But honestly, if I saw him come out first play and I watched him boom a ball 60, 70 yards downfield, at least I'd be like, well, holy crap, as long as we can actually get some protection, we can see him do it. And like, what's wrong with just saying to him, do you know what? Go go show your pace. And yeah, if you're going to fumble the ball a couple of times, listen, you're a rookie. But go show that you've actually got the scouting report ability that we've been told to actually go and be this type of modern quarterback. Because you see it with Josh Josh Allen. Like Josh Allen, And I'm not saying he's going to become Josh Allen, but Josh Allen's accuracy was terrible for the first couple of years. But he had a big arm and he could run around. Mm. And the Bills allowed him to do that, to basically dust all the cobwebs. and divert. All we're doing at the moment is throwing in him games to tell him don't lose us the game. And like the Texans aren't the sort of team they should be playing like that. I think probably last time I probably said don't lose this game. But this time round, it should be just a go show us what you've got. Go go show off. Go, go make everyone get a little bit excited. Because I think next we'll talk about there's been, a, there's been some tweets regarding Tannehill and what we're thinking for next year and we'll happily open up the conversation of do you think next year that Tannehill is 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 the answer I, I think it's a good question in terms of we're, we're in a I mean they said about the Titans being at a crossroads and I actually think of the quarterback position is probably where we're at a crossroads more than anything in a way because I, I, for weeks and weeks and weeks, thought Tannehill's going to be here next year. I can't see any other scenario that suggests otherwise. But the more I kind of think about it, the more I think, if Willis, we need to know if Willis is going to be that guy. 
and there was a there was a tweet i think tic tac titans tweeted uh earlier saying you know around Tannehill and and his his he was basically saying look we should train or, or cut Tannehill and roll with Malik if Malik then sucks you have an answer on on him and you can set yourself up for a 2024 quarterback now that might mean next year that we end up going who knows what because <laughs> I'm going uh 0-17 for all we know but probably not but realistically I actually I actually the more I think about it the more I think I don't mind that Actually, I think with the with the, the hit that Tannehill has, and I'm not sure what the the cap hit would be if we were to cut him or trade him or whatever it may be. I can't say I've done any research. Shocker. But the Adam will know. Adam will know. Adam, Adam will know. Sure, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's it's probably not the worst idea in a weird sense because we're we're at a bit of a crossroads when it comes to the team that we've got. I I think there's a massive rebuild in order. Yes, we've got we've got parts. I think Burks from what we've seen so far looks to be a decent receiver i'm not saying he's a ground level but he's certainly a decent very he's very not a receiver. So it's no exactly but we've then got chig who you know you can build that position around you've got on defense loads of young guys i mean obviously simmons we we will talk about the love we have for that guy like he I am. I, I'm. I'm not as worried as I was about that Simmons getting paid. I don't think Amy's going to make the same mistake twice. Yeah. I think she's she's realised that we absolutely dropped a with AJ, and she isn't going to allow that to happen again. So I wouldn't be surprised if he got his money, and and deservedly so. But I think there's there's a lot on the defence that are on the younger side that you can build around that a bit more. So I actually don't think it's the worst idea, and it's not because it's, I, I'm. I'm actually quite a big fan of Tannehill. I think he's he's not the reason we lose games most of the time, bar maybe the Bengals game to a certain extent last year. But he, for me, I actually don't mind the idea of going give Malik an opportunity. If it if it blows up in our face, we get a, a really shit record, then we'll have a decent draft pick for the quarterbacks that are coming through. And because we're not gonna we're not gonna pick up a quarterback with the 20th pick in the first round by keeping Tannehill, ending up getting into the playoffs because the AFC South is still sh**, and then, and then we move on from there. It's just not going to happen. So I actually don't mind that idea. And if Malik ends up being the guy, ends up being the, what we hoped he would be, and it is hope because it's certainly not expectation, then amazing. He can be that guy, and we can then roll with him, and we can fix everything else around him in the future drafts. Yeah, I mean... You'll have to forgive me because jet lag's still uh, kicking in. But I'm trying to remember what when when we drafted Willis, it was almost like a, we have to take this player in this round because he should have been taken higher. Like people assumed Willis was going to get drafted higher and he didn't. And it's not like we've wasted a first round draft pick on him. Like in terms of like the expectation of Willis, it's not like a not like what the 49ers have given up for Trey Lance or it's not what other teams have given up for these big QBs where it's like we need this guy to work like technically we don't need Willis to work like it'd be lovely and there's an argument to say so but I think sometimes fans would agree like we remember the the, the Marcus days I should say Mariota even though no one will be confused who he is but like (laughs) I enjoyed watching Mariota play and even when he struggled, it was almost like exciting. It was, it was something different. And you, and you saw moments in Marcus's game where it was like, this, this could be exciting, this could be something. And that's what I want to see with Willis. Like, Tannehill isn't really losing his games with the exception of like, the playoffs and stuff. But 
it's almost not exciting and I get it's it's a it's a business and stuff but I actually want that level of excitement as well and what Willis could bring like I, I won't lie that I enjoyed I loved watching like Lamar Jackson's MVP season and again we're not saying it's going to be like that but it's an exciting level of football and it's something that at some point you've got to decide right this offense is really struggling and the only way we're going to improve it is it's going to be a big free agent or it's going to be some high round draft picks like you're not going to get that lucky in the late rounds. And like you said, we mm. can't keep on having the 20th pick in a draft and expect to be able to build an offense that we could foresee happening. It's going to take sacrificing players with like Tannehill, like Luan, these people that are taking up high cap space. At some point, we've got to take that gamble. Like, we've made the, the stupid decision with it. At some point, we need to start gambling a little bit. We've almost been too safe. We're in a division where we can afford to gamble with Willis if we were in a different division I think we might struggle but you look at the other three teams that we're in there. I mean the Jags are starting to roll a little bit but like the Colts suck the Texans suck I mean we'll special mention to the Colts as well congratulations on making history at the weekend um, that, that was a great game that's the only thing that I think stopped me from not going into a drinking frenzy this weekend <laughs> it was uh, Jeff Saturday performing on Saturday but no I, I, I think at the start of the season a lot of us might have been like, we didn't expect to see Willis this year. We expected Tannehill to stay healthy and Willis was just going to have a year off. And now we've seen Willis a couple of times and it's always like, but we haven't. He's played, but I don't think we've seen Willis yet. I think and, we, this offense is in the middle of a, almost like an identity crisis because the offense yeah. has been run run heavy, run first, and, and everything else will just build around it. And I don't, I don't, I kind of almost feels like it's, it's outdated now to some to a certain extent, but we've kind of just used Henry in the last three years as, as just a, a, a basically someone who's just going to drag everyone else over the line. And I think that, that identity crisis now with Robinson leaving, that's that's his identity. He he's the one who constructs those rosters. He's the one who decides where the money gets put to, put into. And this isn't me, by the way, saying we need to lose Derek Henry because that's far from far from what I'm saying here but I do think we need to be a hell of a lot more balanced on offense and we need to be in a position where you know we're not just a one-trick pony because that's really what we are at the moment we don't have the receivers to to get the separation to actually make plays yes we had last year who as much as the guys are um you know you can't doubt his talent you can't doubt how good he is and losing that and that walking out of the building massively hurt this offense. But I don't think we saw, or I mean, Philia now seeing what a really is. We didn't use him like Philia using him because we were still a run first offense. Yeah. And that's why in a, in a weird sense, and I'll say it's weird because, you know, I still can't stand the guy, but you can't blame him for actually, if he did want to go, which you can, decide for yourselves whether it was our fault his fault or a mixture of the two you can't really blame him no he's he's gone from being everyone said he was like a top five top ten receiver he was great he'd done things in Tennessee to now you can't argue he's probably a top three receiver in the league it's not many better no because who, who, do who, would you say, who would you say is better I, mean, I suppose that's the question like, if, there's, if, there's... if you ask there's listen Cooper Cup's had an off season because of injuries but I love Cooper Cup Justin Jefferson is incredible. And outside of that, it's probably AJ Brown who I'd want to have as a receiver because he can play every position. And I love Tyreek Hill, but he's a different receiver to Tyreek Hill. But 
outside of that, there aren't many receivers out there. And like we've decided to take a gamble. We had the answer, and we decided to take a gamble on what could be the answer. That that was always the big frustration. But that cost, um, that cost John Robinson his job. And now I think whoever comes in in that GM role, however that plays out, and I hope that whoever that person comes in, I, I hope they don't just think, okay, well, you know, we've, we've got Derrick Henry. We're going to have to continue being this run-first offense. I actually don't think that's the case. And I think with Henry, we're seeing already – I've I've noticed it a hell of a lot more this year, certainly in even when he is breaking through and he's getting to DBs, he's not got that burst where he just no. he just goes, and and you know that's that's natural with when when age kind of comes into it. Yes, he's still a battering ram, and yes, I you know I definitely love love him being on this football team, but there's no doubt he's lost he's lost a skip, and if he's lost a and if he has lost that, what's that going to be next year? Is there gonna is he going to be the same, worse, or maybe even better. If it, who knows? But it's kind of a, a gamble to put your eggs in that basket. I want us to be a, a much more dynamic and balanced offense. And I can tell you, we're not going to be that with Todd Downing. And hopefully, we won't have to be subjected to that play calling and and that offense for a hell of a lot longer. But I I, I think this offense is is definitely an interesting one going into next year. I I do think. It's probably not the worst idea to roll the dice. I, I kind of you mentioned around gambling in the division. I think the reason we don't gamble and we just think, okay, we're good at this, we're going to do this, is because the division is so bad. <laughs> yeah, we know. Because we, can we, get we know we can get a playoff spot, and if you get a playoff spot, you know, then you're in the mix. Yeah. I actually think if you're a, I don't know, if you're a, if you're in a division where you've got a team that are dominating it, you can you can be a bit more. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a gamble. A bit like the Jets in, in the East. You know, mm. Buffalo are, are, are way, way better than them. So they're kind of just going out and making moves. And some of the draft picks they had, I mean, Zach Wilson's been an utter disgrace, realistically. But outside of that, like Garrett Wilson... Oh, defensively, defensively, they've 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 completely held it. Which helps that they have Robert Seller as a defensive-minded coach. Um, but I, 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 we haven't got that thing pushing us halfway. No. That, that that and I, and you do not sit in the playoffs. When 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 we had the wonderful Patriots and Ravens run, that was amazing. But then like you notice last year, like we led the AFC, but then we actually came up against a semi decent team, and it was just like granted we still should have won that game, but you could see the difference. You could see that there was just not that like the confidence to actually go we can beat these big teams wasn't there. Even though we have done in the regular season against like the Chiefs and that, there was still that glaringly obvious sort of situation of like would we get six wins or five wins just out of our division without trying that, that um, 2019 2020 season wherever it was the the one where we beat the Patriots and we beat Baltimore we did just run all over them but I think yeah. we ran all over them because they they didn't ex- expect that we would be able to do that and then when the Chiefs come along the Chiefs was just a step too far in the end and I think that's more because we had so many injuries on defense but now I think it's become almost too predictable I mean every first down play I just you just know where it's going. <laughs> there's no there's not even even me watching it on the TV. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, right, yeah, we know where this first play is going to go. And let's see if we can break something off. It's rare that you know we're we're trying anything different. And that's why teams do stack the box. And even if they're not stacking the box, we've got an O line at the moment that can't create the gaps for Henry to get through anyway. So I think there are. I mean, I haven't looked again. I'm not looking at stats here, but I I don't. I think there's probably teams that are not stacking the box as much as they once were. Houston will because their run defense is shit. But yeah. outside of that, I don't think there's many that will because they know that we can't create the gaps with the O line that we've got to get Henry through. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. But I think next year is is a good year to to go and roll the dice. We've got to know by the end of next season is Willis the guy or not? Because if he's not, you know, we've you know, there's no way Tannehill even if he stays next year, he's not staying the year after that. I'd imagine. So yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, and before we before we move on to um, our, our world of Discord, which I'm still yet to properly uh, search through, and I let the experts of you guys look through. Um, Mike Rabel, as um, I've noticed on Twitter, has been sort of classic Titans Twitter. Let's be honest, murmurings of Rabel needs to go, yada yada yada. Uh, I'm fully of the opinion that the worst thing we could do now is even consider letting Vrabel go. Um, are you worried at all that that do you think again it's it's similar to the AJ situation where Amy's like we can't make a mistake like that happen again because we became a laughing stock. Like I think the entire league knows how good Vrabel is. But are you worried at all based on performances, not just the, the loss we've had recently, but just general performances that he is even at, at risk of that sort of level of potentially going? I think he said after Robinson left that he wasn't informed on the decision, which I'm not sure I believe. Um I, that was a that was a decision that was made in order to, to keep probably to keep Vrabel happy in, in some in some instances because clearly he wasn't happy about how the roster was constructed. I mean, some of the comments he made around you know, who's he got to throw it to and and a few other bits and pieces. And um, I think losing I agree with you losing Vrabel is, is not what we need to do. That said, I, I'm not going to lie, his comments where he continually defends Downing which I get as a head coach, you don't want to just come out and slam your offensive coordinator. So I do get it. But he sometimes it's like, if I have to listen to I've got a coach better, I've got to execute better and so on and so forth. It's like, Jesus Christ, it gets quite tiresome. But no, don't. there's not a head coach in this league or a head coach that's unemployed right now that I would take over him. Um, I think everyone in the league knows how good he is. And, it, and he has been... I mean, he's certainly been dragging us. I mean, he was coach of the year last year and he dragged us through into those playoffs realistically. We weren't a great side yet last year either. Um, and we were better than we have been this year, that's for sure. But we still weren't great. And I still think the reason we went on the little run that we did before this, I'll call it a blip. It's probably probably too big to be called a blip now. But but the, the run that we went on kind of after an iffy start, um, is, is a lot of that was also down to him. So no not a chance would I want to see him walk out the building. If we, if we did, I think it would be a mistake like it was. A- yeah, I, I just see like the, the, almost the Belichick and him from the Patriots. And that's what I see with a lot of his answers. It's just like, he knows he's not allowed to... Listen, people who aren't watching the games know that the play calling in Tennessee is a problem. Um, he's probably not in a situation where he's allowed to come out and shoot as a... His coordinator, he's, but he's not an idiot at the end of the day. He, he, we, everyone knows what the problem is. Like The amount of players that we get coming into the squad who are nobodies like Phil Mitchell and others who just turn up and play for us. Grable manages to get something out of these people because yeah, he's sure. created a culture. So the culture's there in Tennessee, but it's just the play calling that is the issue. And I, I think, I agree. I think jumping on Grable is the issue is, uh, is, is definitely not the answer. And Far hopefully we can... Hopefully we'll prove it by getting into the playoffs and making a good run of it. And players will come back healthy. The offensive line will block. The catchers will catch and the defense will defense. But um, what we had coming through from Discord land, have we had any questions of... Uh, yeah, I, was gonna say impo- I was going to say importance, but none of these are important, let's be honest. But are any of them <laughs> not, not Brian talking about 
punters or talking I mean, about uh, the silicon. We've got a few questions. There's uh, most of them we've probably already covered. So in classic, not prepared style, we're just going to ask them and then say we've already talked about this. But um, Fergal uh, has asked uh, if Malik does play, which is looking more likely he will. What do you think our chances are? The Texans, I think, it, despite how they've just done against the Chiefs, we just need to put in a semi-professional performance and we should be all right, I expect. We, we're expecting a high Derrick Henry game. Um, I mentioned I'm playing against him in fantasy, so I'd love to see a Haskins or Hilliard uh, big game. Um, but, well, I, I, yeah, we need to see Willis show, show something. Hilliard's on uh, IR11. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why I said Hilliard. I knew he was Haskins, <laughs> Deion Lewis can run it for all I care. I just as long as we win the game. I, I mean, he can't physically run it, but he can try. Mm. He's good at blocking. Um, the <laughs> I must admit, I would like to see more of, Has, of, of Haskins. I think that is. I mean, I think it's a fourth round pick. I actually think I want to see a little bit more of him. We saw a couple of plays, I think, on Sunday. It'd be great to see him just getting a bit more of an opportunity to run the ball. That'd be quite nice. Uh, what do I think? I think. I want to sit there and just say, yeah, it's the Texans. But I was at that game last year when it was, yeah, just the Texans um, in the pissing rain and we lost that. So and it was Tyra Taylor. So I, I don't want to sit there and say, yeah, it's just the Texans because I don't think it's going to be as simple as that. I think it's a game we could lose. And to be honest with you, I think if it's, if it's, if it's a game we do lose, depending on how the Jags get on, I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. But I do think it's a game we need to stop the rock. We've got Dallas coming after that who... I mean, we all know Micah, Micah Parsons against Dennis Daly. Jesus Christ. I feel for whatever quarterback we're playing that week. Um, but I think it, we need to just need to stop the rot. And that's all I'm asking for this week. I don't really care if it's an ugly 9-6. Well, no, Randy's not scoring for three field goals, is he? Let's be honest. But that, I don't <laughs> care what kind of game it is. I want 2-0. Just, just want to win. <laughs> yeah, 2-0. One, one sim and safe. I just have a look at the Texans' depth chart just to see because I know Pierce is on IR. Um, so they've got Og- Ogan Boa. I can't even, his name's Dare, his first name. That's good enough. They've got Dare, Royce Freeman and Rex Burkhead. And then Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, Chris Moore are all questionable. And then their left tackle and left guard are also both questionable for the game. How did that um, take the Chiefs throw over time? Baffling. And, and, and in fairness, their defense seems all right. And they've got Desmond King still. Um, but honestly, that, that team and he can return punts. Desmond King is a is is punt returner. He has someone who actually has confidence to catch a ball and run. What's that like? Um, but yeah, they're looking at their their injury report. It's not as humiliating as ours, but it doesn't exactly look peachy. Fergal's also asked, um, are there any changes in the game plan you'd like to see from the last Texans game? I mean, the last Texans game we spoke about, and it was basically just give the ball to Derrick Henry and let him run all over them. I mean, we kind of touched upon this with Malik, right? I think we just want to see see what he's got. Just see, like, even uh, even if it's, uh, to your point earlier, just trying to throw a bit more downfield. I mean, whether he'll get the opportunity to do that with the O-line or whether the, whether the receivers can get separation. I mean, that's one thing we are really lacking is a deep threat. I mean, I think the the only deep threat we've seen this year has been Westbrook Aquino, and that's not really his game. His broken coverage, wasn't it? I think there was a slip from the defender, and it just made yeah. him look a lot more open than he should have been. I mean, we're missing freaking like Khalif Raymond and players like that that you see making plays elsewhere. We're missing. We're just. I saw Sammy Watkins just went to the Ravens as well. I was thinking, what options are there actually out there in front of the receiver that could help us this year? And don't get me like Sammy Rock. Sammy Watkins isn't exactly. I was about to say Josh Gordon. 
Um, but he's a very similar type of player. It's it's just their options aren't really out there. We need no. to try and while Burks is out, like Hooper's meant to be one of the best catching tight ends in the league, and like sometimes we look like we've unlocked him, and then sometimes we look like we forgot what he can do. I think it's got to be a big chiggy game. Um, I have no issue with us trying to force the ball to him. Like, he sees, he, he, dare I put too much pressure on early, but he looks like Delaney Walker. He, lo- he, he has the Delaney Walker bomb of just, you can get the ball to his hands and he's going to make a play. And it's sort of what um, Johnny Smith had. Mm. Johnny Smith's gone on to completely ruin himself, but he got a nice payday doing it. But he's got that sort of ability. And that, that's what I want to see. I, I want to see a, a Willis to Chiggy link up because there's a potential that they could be playing with each other for the next two or three years and let's start Chig is just so fast like I think I watched the the run that he had on on Sunday and, and the guy is just he's rapid like, he doesn't yeah. he just doesn't he feels it he feels like he's probably one of our best wide receivers at this point in time he's not even a wide receiver but yeah um, um he's definitely uh uh, I tweeted tweeted this on the Transalonia account earlier. Is is a bright spark in what feels like dark times, and and he's definitely one that you know, you want to be building this offense around. And one, he's a one of the, he's a typical John Robinson pick, right? A bit of a later round pick that he just just hits home with, and it's unfortunate that he couldn't pick a first round pick for love nor money, pretty much. But it's yeah, I think he's he's definitely one that I'd love to see more of. And also Traylon Burks looks like he's gonna be back this week. It'd be great to see. Could be big. Yeah. I, I would love to see 12 targets for that guy this week, yeah, just because mm-hmm. I think we've got to use him. Fingers crossed he doesn't get injured. Um, Rock Titan 85 has said the offense is gonna run Henry all day. Not saying it won't work, but. So many people uh, in this fan base are saying tank for better draft picks. Where do you all stand on that idea? I mean, if we get in the playoffs, most figure will just be one and done. But, uh, but if we were to get healthy, we could make some noise. Tanking for draft? I mean, is it too late to tank for we, draft we, picks? We, we, we can't. We've said this about the division. It's almost difficult to tank because of how bad the other teams are. Like, granted, the the Jags have beaten us, but like this season, we're not in a position. There are too many teams, like the Rams, which is a silly thing to say considering they just won the Super Bowl. There's too many teams with a much worse record. Like at this point, we can't tank, so we need to, we we need to basically use this season to know what we have in the squad that we're going to have for the next couple of seasons. We need to see what we've got and basically have a bit of a, a clear out of what we don't need. That's what the next few games need to be. That's why we need to see Willis. We need to see what you can do. We need to we need to see players that are on these contracts that are another two or three years. Are they getting cut and we're taking a hit, or are we keeping them on? Because fundamentally, we we've, we've made decisions like Julio Jones and Clowney and stuff in the past, and these are bitters in the ass. And there might have been players in the team that we had all along that could have been making the plays. Players like Khalif Raymond and stuff that you've seen gone on to make plays for other teams. It's like fundamentally, if we'd given them a decent chance and maybe stuck around with them. Corey Davis, I always stand by. Like he's not doing much for the Jets now, but he was a great block and wide receiver. And for how much he could have cost us, I mean, I know the Jets paid him in the end, but there are people that we've let go in the past that I feel like we probably should have had a bit more of a, a punt on. Yeah, I think you know, Corey Davis was one when when he left, I was a bit on the fence with because I don't think we saw the production that we needed to see. But I think that was more because he was was he fifth overall. It's when he was fifth, drafted, yeah. And a, fifth, and a fifth overall, you're expecting to be the next, the next, you know, Tyreek Hill or more, well, anyone else for that matter. But I think he had that expectation and obviously didn't live up to that. But I agree, I actually think he's the 
he's a very much variable receiver. Variable loves his blocking receivers, and he was good at that side of the game. But he he did have a safe pair of hands. I actually think he just didn't yeah didn't quite come to fruition. And I think in the end, AJ coming in kind of just took took him away almost. Sort of said, AJ's now the level. You're nowhere near that. Um, yeah. And then we ended up losing him anyway. Um, yeah, no, I lose the next three games. I don't think it's going to make a huge difference to where our draft position ends up being. I'm not sure exactly. Again, not doing any research whatsoever. So I've no idea what the worst or best case scenario is from a draft pick perspective. Um, but I don't think, yeah, I don't think tanking is, I don't think we need to tank because we can't win for Toffee at the moment. So, I mean, we're just, we'll still keep trying to win. And if it ends up meaning three defeats and that's, uh, and that's tanking, sure. But uh, yeah. I don't think we're still going to end up being probably pick, I don't know, 15, 16, 17, probably something like that. Maybe yeah. not, maybe not. But um, I mean, it'd be hilarious to watch the Colts trade for Will Levis anyway. So that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna happen. So even if they keep losing, they'll they'll they'll, they'll tra- they're definitely gonna draft him. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see how we'll see how we go. That's pretty much all the questions we have on this corner. Should we do non-Titans related and then get the hell out of there? Yeah, sounds good. I, I will happily get my non-Titans out of the way. So. And, and uh, that uh, I couldn't get my word out there. But I was basically trying to say in the hashtag humble brag section, where me and Greg have been away in America, and we've missed a lot of the uh, freezing cold weathers that the uh, Brits have had to deal with. Um, but some of you local Nashville people might be feeling this week. Um, we've had some freezing conditions, so we've managed to avoid them. Um, I hate flying at the best of times. Uh, I, I don't. I don't enjoy sitting on a air-conditioned plane for 10 or 11 hours and having to make small talk with people and watch Love Actually um, on your plane. There are better movies, but I decided I needed some Love Actually. That was actually <laughs> probably the best bit off the flight. Um, my my big, like, overwhelming annoyance when it came to flying was seeing... Listen, everyone's entitled to their own form of comfort, but when I see someone who's, you know, five foot one in the extra legroom section of a plane... And I'm sat there in the aisle with what must be the second biggest person on the plane behind me next to me. And the person in front of me deciding that they have to recline the seat, even though they can evidently hear that they've just crushed my several whiskey bottles into me. Um, I just I just don't get it. I, I, You're allowed to pay for your own comfort and stuff. But I think realistically, in an ideal world, everyone stands in a line before they get on the plane. Because it takes long enough to get on the plane anyway, so this isn't going to add any extra time. And in height order, you get to sit down uh, in the extra legroom bits, depending on how tall you are. Because I spent, I reckon, 80% of the flight stood up. It may as well have been a train journey on a busy train home where you just stand there and just deal with people that stink in the back. No offense to the cabin crew, they're actually very lovely. Um, But I spent the whole time stood up, and it's just not fair. So short people... I can add you to my queue if you're just wrong people. If you're short, great, you're short. I'm not. I'm not just calling out short people because I'm going to get a lot of hits here. <laughs> but, don't, but don't sit in the extra legroom section of a plane um, because. And also, you slept for the whole flight, so it's like if if you're there for an emergency, I don't know. I, I, I could go into a big hole here, but I was basically just very pissed off that I had no legroom for the entire flight, and it put me in a foul mood in what already was a very long flight. So yeah, just if you see me on a flight. Just let me sit in the extra leg room bit. Mine's actually flight related as well, funny enough. There's, there was two things I was going to talk about with flight. If you're flying on your own and 
you have uh, a plane that has like two seats on the outside and then three seats in the middle, for example, which is what we had on the way back when we came back from Nashville. If you're on your own, why would you take one of the two seats when you, most people generally sort of travel in twos? Obviously, you've got some families that might be in threes and fours, but realistically, most, most are going in twos. Why would you take a seat on and in one of the twos, meaning that then I have to sit in the middle of a three? Yep. Come on, be better. Um, but that wasn't actually what my gripe on flying was going to be. Mine was more to do with um, boarding a flight. And again, I this probably isn't the case for all airlines, and certainly not the case when you have internal flights in the U.S., with Southwest, it's like a free-for-all, basically. Um, but when you're on a long-haul flight, generally, why do they? Why don't you let the the first-class business class go at the end? So instead of letting them board first and then having all the economy go, because you have to literally walk through them, basically. Yeah. Because they they get to go on first group one straight in, and then they're there mucking about sorting themselves out standing trying to put bags in and then you got all the riffraff from economy that walk through like myself who walk <laughs> through and and are just like standing there waiting for for the guy to get in his massively long bed that he's now got whilst he's got a little smirk on his face because we're off to cattle class where are all the issues that you i'm the same as you miles being ridiculously tall is one of my yeah. biggest pet hates and certainly i don't mind on a night flight people putting their seat back um if they're going to sleep when people put their seat back and they're watching a film chewing on popcorn, yeah, not a big fan. Um, no. But why don't airlines, I don't get understand why airlines don't don't say, right, we'll fill the economy first, so the back of the plane fills up first, and then gradually get towards the front where the business class can come on and and get their, their ridiculously long beds. I just don't get it. It really annoys me. Every single time you have to walk through business class and there's people just there in your way and you're like okay it must delay getting on a flight by so long like because you just have to wait forever to get to get through um but yeah i'm i've done enough flying in my life where it becomes a constant gripe for some reason no one seems to correct it because they seem to think that because you're in first class you want to be boarding first which doesn't really make much sense to me but there you go well i i missed my uh so i flew from vegas to heathrow and then was meant to be heathrow to manchester but because of a delay um of a couple of hours i ended up missing my uh london to manchester flight but i only missed it by i would say two minutes and i reckon them two minutes were lost where i was sat literally right towards the back of the plane and as people are getting off the plane all you can see is everyone's standing up all you need to do is grab your luggage from the mm. top and just walk off why people sit there until the very last minute and then go oh i need my bag and then they get up and they get the bag. And like, I reckon in the time it took for these idiots to just realize that they had a bag above them, they could have, like, it doesn't take long to get off a flight. If all you do yeah. is, like, we've landed, we've parked, like, you need to stand up, grab your bag, and walk. It took so long to get off the flight that fundamentally that's how I ended up, eventually ended up with an Uber back to Manchester. Because, and also, I guess I can just continuously call out how crap British Airways are. That the flight was, my, I got to, do my boarding pass and they said sorry we can't let you on it's too late uh 35 minutes before my flight was setting off and they just went you're too late and i was like oh, right i was already pissed off then realized that some of my mates who humble brag were sat in first class 
because they got off the flight earlier than me, because they didn't have to wait for all these losers to get their bags on the top, managed to walk through boarding. And I got a message from one of them saying, we haven't even boarded yet. So I've got a message saying that they've not boarded, but I can't get free because they've said, sorry, you're too late. Oh, and then the, flight, then the flight gets delayed by a further... So I, the flight, when the flight set off, I was refused entry an hour and 10 minutes before the flight actually flew. That's crazy. And then it then took two and a half hours to get my bags off the plane to me to then go home. And I was just, it's obviously all gone in a nice complaint. And I'm sure I'll receive nothing from that because they'll say it was only a two or three hour delay and they're all cunts at British Airways, who I will never fly with again. Congratulations, British Airways. But just the whole flying system, for what fundamentally is not that difficult. I get the technology of flying. Congratulations, whoever came up with all that jazz. But realistically, it's a really shit system. And it's if you pay for first class, you will you will get what you pay for. You will be treated like a freaking king. But for the rest of us, it's just a really shit system. And it really puts me on. Like, I love America. You guys are great for any of you who's listening from America. Um, but like to get over to you is so much effort that I was like, into this, like, I just can't be bothered flying again. Just the whole, the whole experience and let alone jet lag and everything else. But we said we were going to bring positivity to, uh, the part two of the, I don't want to call it the Christmas special, but if you just want to listen to us on Christmas Eve or Christmas day to get you in the mood for the Texans game then feel free, um, we'll be enjoying, is it a normal kickoff time for us UK? Is it six yeah, o'clock? Six o'clock. Yeah. I know we've gone through who we've got on commentary and I won't even bother looking at the ref calling because if it's vulgar, it'll ruin my Christmas. Um, yeah, by the way, by the way, we have to, we have to talk about that. Andrew Catalan again. I mean, surely that guy at some point, I mean, he's got to start paying for pre for season tickets. Surely. Can we not just have Mark Sanchez and we can enjoy what is actually a decent like calling team? I'll, like, say, don't it really Adam, I'll, say, I'll say it for Adam. We need to get Kevin Harlan. We've not had him all year. Yeah, there you go. So. We'll we'll end on a we'll end on that that we need better commentary, but we could argue we need better people on the podcast. Um, feel free to get in contact, guys. If you have, if you want some time on here, like uh, people must be bored of our opinions by now. But if anyone else wants to come on and give their ten pence worth or cents worth, depending where you're from, um, doesn't matter where you're from, we'll make it work. We've had our New Zealand friends, we've had our American friends. Is anyone listening in? I don't know Mexico or something. Let's get some. Let's get an audacious country involved, but. Make sure you hit us up on all the socials. At some point, we'll start doing some Instagram posts. Um, I'll leave Neil in charge of that. Obviously, hit us up on Discord and tighten up, everyone. Oh, and British Airways, if you want to sponsor our podcast, please give us a shout. Yeah, uh, British Airways are... <laughs> tighten up.